Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God, I pray that tonight as we begin speaking about the Elijah factor, that Lord, people's eyes will be opened, people's faith will be recharged, and they'll become strong in the Lord in the power of His might. And Lord, the joy of the Lord shall become their strength. Faith will arise. The enemy will scatter. Prayer power will be released. And the demons of hell shall flee away from God's people. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God of breakthroughs. In Jesus' name, bless your word. We receive it with joy in the name of the Lord. And we say hello to everybody once again out there, wherever you are. Well, people are so far away and yet they listen. Like I said, it took a surprise down there at Cape Town. You go in a place and you sit down, people tell, hello, Pastor Harold, you're in Cape Town. And you know, Cape Town was C-O-L-D, cold. But up here, it's like 26 degrees. And down there was, I don't know, there was snow on the mountains there. And my hands were so cold. I thought, I thought of myself, I am not a cold type person, but if my hands are cold, then I am cold. And they were permanently in a semi-frozen state like you do that. You know what I'm saying. And then I speak to the children and I say, why don't you put on warmer clothes? No, we're acclimatized. Acclimatized. Well, it's time to get kingdom of God acclimatized then. It's time to speak about the word of the Lord. God is not interested in what people have uh, in general, whether they have one house, two houses, or nothing, or a car, no, not a car, uh, maybe a mo motorcycle or whatever. God is looking for something in your life that he could use, that you have in your possession under his supervision, he's the God who leads you with his eye, the word says. He leads you through his Holy Spirit and the witness of the Spirit. And what is there in your life that you have that God can turn straight into a miracle? You know, one of the things of the Bible that completely fascinated me, loved it. And every time in my 32 times in Israel, I was like all the time to go to the northern part of Israel above Jerusalem, out towards there, towards the top, Banias, and then south to Lake of Galilee. And we would pass through the area of Mount Carmel, and uh, that's the fruit orchard. And then, of course, there's the cave where Elijah and Elisha stayed. And I would always go in there. And man, did we have some on-fire prayer meetings through the years. One group, the next group. Something happens, a spark flies, and they're praying a, a, a storm. And uh, we've, we've had times in that cave where these two prophets were. I could stay there a long time because it's like the lingering presence of the Lord is still there. Where Elijah and Elisha was living and Elisha was serving his master, Elijah, at the time. And... Uh, he was pouring water over his hands and King Joseph had said, 
Is there anybody that's prophetic around here? They said, well, the only one around is a man called Elisha. He poured water on the hands of Elijah. And then Jehoshaphat said, God is with that man. The Spirit of the Lord would rest upon him. You see? You, yes, you. Listen to me. 1 Corinthians 15 says that we must watch uh, over what kind of people surround us. What sort of people are influencers of our lives? And I have always liked to go and fellowship with people that would add to my life. Not that I would all the time have to pull them up to the next level, pull them up, and uh, it's like people understand you where you're at because you live at a level. You live at a level where God's taken me. And uh, I'm looking, I'm thinking, uh, evil company, First Corinthians, corrupts good habits. And that's why we tell our children, don't mix with so-and-so-and-so. There's drugs there, there's smoking, there's liquor, strong drinking, and wild parties and fornication. Don't go there. Why do parents do that? Because they know they're riding what I call the horse of experience and experience and wisdom. And the children think that, well, you know, they're clever too. Yes, they are, are intelligent, but intelligence is not wisdom. Wisdom comes from above and wisdom comes with experience. Hence, the elders of Israel were treasured because of their vast wisdom. They've gone through it all. They can advise, advise give advice about it all. Now, here we have these two men. Then from there we go to the place called Bukhraka in Israel on Mount Carmel. There is the place with a statue of the prophet Elijah where he prayed and fire fell from heaven. He restored the altar of prayer right there. And I call it the altar of prayer because once the fire fell, he went into prayer. And God's fire set him alight and he prayed for the rain and the, the drought of Israel was broken. The man fascinated me. And you know what? I look at the world around me. I want to say something and I want to say this. Just hear what I'm saying to you. It's not always what I'm saying. It's also what I'm not saying that you need to be alert to. And so... We take it from there. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. 1 Kings 17, 8, verse number 8, or 8th verse. The word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, Arise and go to Tzarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide to you. Now, uh, if this widow, widow is going to be, be, be providing for him, He's got to go to the place of Tzarephath, which is between Tyre and Sidon. And you know, there's some prophecies like in Ezekiel chapter number 28, first uh, part of that uh, Bible, verse 1, verse 11 on 12, tells you of the prince of, of, of 
Tyre and then the king of Tyre and the one is the devil and the one is a man. And, and it, it's just very, very lots of revelation there from the middle of that chapter concerning the devil and how that he came to a fall and uh, how he was cast out. Now, with that being said, there was a man called Noah. Now, the Noahic laws are still in place in Israel because Noah did things and they wrote it down and they kind of spiritually legalized it. They call it the Noahic laws. And they're like, like these laws are the don'ts and the do's. And Noah got off the mark and he, he got off the ark of, the, of, of, of uh, the, 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 the praise him in the storm went out and they stepped out on dry ground. Now the Lord, has, the Lord has called the waters to recede and Noah is now beginning a new life with his family. We read the books of Enoch. Enoch goes to his, his family member, but now still a child, which is a little boy called Noah. Uh, can describe his father, grandfather, I'm not quite sure now. Uh, he goes to him and... He, uh, the books of Enoch delivered to Noah, and if you go into the apocryphal books, you go into the Dead Sea Scrolls, you go into the book of the fallen angels, you go into uh, the book of angel wars, you go into the books of Jasher, and uh, you, know, you go to all, into all of those, those apocryphal books that you find out that he was, he had the books of Enoch, then he took that through with him on the ark. And so, Enoch walked with God and Enoch was not. That's, that's the aspiration of my life. I want to walk with God. For as every day that he gives me breath, I got one thing in mind. I walk with God and I'll praise him in every storm. That's as simple as that. Walk with God, always tweaking on that relationship to get it better and better. But this man, by the name of uh, Sidon, Tzadifat, which belongs to Sidon, is... Is he is from the family of um, Ham? Now you know that Ham went in, and he uh, he beheld his father's nakedness, and he told his brothers. And then Noah comes out, and he places a bitter curse upon Ham, but he does it with Canaan, which is his grandson. And then, of course, we find Canaan. Canaan, or Canaan, begot Sidon, and this is Tzadifat, which belongs to Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, the Jebusite, they got into Jerusalem, David kicked them out. The Amorites, they got into Israel, Israel took them out. The Girgashites, the Hivites, the Anakites, the Sinite, the Arvitite, and uh, the Tzemerite, and the Hemathite, Afterwards, all the families of Canaan were dispersed. Now, this man with the name of Canaan, he had a place at Tzarephath. And this is a man with a bitter curse of Noah on him. Ask anybody in Israel who knows the Tanakh, which is the Old Covenant, they'll tell you that immediately. They study here, yeah, this is the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, Genesis 10. They study every single verse. Those, those Orthodox uh, Jewish people are into the Word of God, the Tanakh, and particularly the Torah, the first five books of Moses, and they study it, and they, they would see and know what happened. So now, here, 
Elijah is not sent to Jerusalem. He is not sent, actually the Lord Jesus mentions it too. He is not sent to anywhere but outside of Israel to, to a place called Sarafat, which belongs to Sidon. The, the man who walked with a curse on his life, even the Amalekites, there was war with the Amalekites. King Saul lost his throne because of the Amalekites. David took them out. David put them in their place. You still see them come up in the Bible codes all the time. Now, um, so he goes to a place where the curse is heavy. So it's like, it's almost like the, 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 when the drought was there, this place must have been double dry because it belonged to the grandson of this man, Ham. And uh, so he goes there. See, I've commanded a widow, not a breadwinner, a widow, her husband's dead, to provide for you. So he arose and he went to Tsarephath. One of the things that you find with a real prophetic ministry, there are two things. Number one is obedience to the faith, obedience to what God tells you. The second thing is no lie comes over your lips. You may not lie because you have to carry the spirit of truth. So you can't lie, you can only tell the truth. So he arose, he went to Tsarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her, and now he must have been watching her, and he said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and he said, and please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, a little oil in a jar, and see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks. Now watch this, that I may go and prepare it for myself and for my son, that we may eat it and just die. End of the road. That's how bad it gets with people in their lives. They're sitting in this whole COVID debacle, and uh, it's a plague. The Bible codes identifies it as akin to the plague of, of leprosy where people had to separate themselves. And in the Bible codes, it's called a plague akin to leprosy. So, um, so I may go prepare this little, little morsel of, of uh, uh, bread for my son and I, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Here is the big one. I've been battling with my, for 500 days plus, I've been with it, with the people, the church is there, the, the church is healthy. I can testify that in every possible respect, our people are in a good condition. My pastors, the office, everything is just, it's just ticking over. We are flying. And so he says, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make a small cake from it first and bring it to me afterward and make some for yourself and your son. So she's got a little bit of, of uh, powder in her hand and uh, she, she says, um, she says, I only have a handful of flour, handful of flour and a little bit of oil. So that's it. We're going to make a small piece of bread and morsel of bread, eat it, and then we're going to sit down and wait for death to come. How's that? We at Little Force Christian Center, because of the faithfulness of our people, have been feeding the poor by the multi-thousands. 
In fact, it now runs to millions that we've been feeding the poor with the Etembeni project. We just went on regardless of, couldn't care what's in the way. There will be a breakthrough. God is the God of breakthroughs. And uh, he says to her, listen, lady, he says, the first thing you do is get rid of that fear. Now, I've got a saying. I walk around these days saying it. The only fear that is worthwhile having is the fear of the Lord because it causes you to depart from evil and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So other fears are irrelevant. And so that's why the Bible says, be fretful for nothing, Philippians 4, 6, but in all things with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, uh, make your request known to God and the peace of God will that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Do fretful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. Only have the fear of the Lord and then serve the Lord because if you're a servant of God in some way or another, that God's got, he's put it in you, in your talents, he gives you the creativity, do something that you're doing for God. Contribute something to the kingdom of God, whatever it is that you can do. And here sits the servant of the Lord of the time, the most powerful man of God alive on the planet, the man called Elijah the prophet. And he says, don't fear. Now, he himself had to learn that same story. We all have to go through situations that we may learn. So he says, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. So what did she have to make? She made a decision. A decision is something that we do constantly. We are the product, the sum product, the sum total product of our decisions of life. He says, now you first see to me as the man of God. And then when you do that, bring it to me and afterwards go and make some for yourself. Now there's a faith project running here. I always talk about faith projects. I pray for things. And that wall, the vision I spoke about in the morning service, you're going to have to get the tape or listen to it or watch it this morning when I spoke about the vision of the great wall that was in front of me. God of breakthroughs, my goodness. You know, she's now on a faith project. She's got a handful. She has got, as, she, as it says here, she, she says, I have a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. That's what I've got, handful. But go now and do that and bring me first. So she's now going to make a decision. Here's the decision. Do I feed this stranger or do I look after my son and I and we're going to sit and die? Something in her urges her to obey Elijah. God said, I've given instruction command. I have commanded the, the widow in Sarephath to feed you. Now, in the meantime, the whole of Israel is looking for him, King Ahab and everybody else, because of Elijah really caused ripples. He really, I love to go to the places where he went to, even King Ahab's palace. I looked at that palace. I was there, standing at the palace. I thought, yes, where he walked in. 
Here's the very place where Elijah came, walked in there, and my goodness. And, and um, he says, he says, do not fear and go and do as I have said, as you have said, but make a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and for your son. For thus, is another decision. Thus says the Lord God of Israel. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah, which was the word of the Lord. So I can I could say to so many people, when are you going to just listen to the word of the Lord? I say again, listen to what I'm saying to you. Sometimes what I'm not saying is what you should be doing. I thought about that a lot, but I'll just say that and make you think about it. Notice what I leave out and you might get some, some wisdom from that or insights that you're looking for. And the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Elijah. So there we are, my friend. What did, what did God say there to the widow? He said to this widow through Elijah the prophet, go now, the last of your resources, use it and feed me. She had a decision right now to go. But in her heart, she was commanded by God. So she makes the decision to obey God. So she starts baking the bread. By the time she comes back to the kitchen, she finds that the flour in the jar has increased. And it keeps on increasing day by day. Elijah is there. He's talking to God. What a blessed widow she was. She went through the storm like a song. Now Jesus is at the door. I've been studying a, an expression which I'm still, I'm still in the ancient Hebrew and Paleo-Hebrew, which I find very interesting. Uh, it's just very interesting where he says in the Bible code, where he says, you know what Jesus said, the Lord Jesus? He said, I am the door I am the way, the truth, and the, and the life. I am the great shepherd. I'm the shepherd of the sheep. But he said these words, I'm the door. And then in the codes it says, the Messiah is in the door. I stand at the door and I knock. He's the door to be opened. When you enter in through him, when you enter in through him, to the throne room of grace, you will obtain grace and mercy and help in a time of need. But what is there with you that you've got? Can I ask you that question? Can I ask you what is there that God has given you? Let me just start with one thing. I've, I've been at it for a long time. 
I've always thought we're created in the image and the likeness of God, Genesis 1, 26, 27. Always thought that. Now, God, just before he did create mankind, he created all other things. We read about the six-day creation in Genesis chapter number one. So now, at the end of it, on the sixth day, he creates man. And there's man, and he says, let us make man according to our image, according to our likeness. You know, one of the things of the likeness of God is the fact that he was beyond explanation creative. Do you know that you are in the likeness of God? Do you know that if you just calm down, pray, go on your knees, pray through, get your answers, you will become creative. I've seen people in these times, I am fascinated by what I see. Sometimes, you know, I would take a trip somewhere and just like in a flea market, come across Christians, funny enough, and Jews, funny enough, Christians and Jews, that have like in a flea market, they have just made things and they're selling them like hotcakes. And I'm thinking, yes, image and likeness of God, the seed of Abraham. Yes. And so he said, that oil in that jar will not run dry and uh, the uh, flour in the bin will never, ever be used up. So again, here we have 2 Kings chapter before verse number one. Here is somebody else. This time we get to the prophet Elisha. And a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slave, slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what is in your house. What shall I do for you? What's in your house? Moses, what's that what you've got in your hand? It was a stick. He turned it into the rod of God. It was a burn of flour and a jar of oil, and it was sustaining for a long, long time until it was all over, considering that drought of three and a half years in the time of Elijah. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me. You tell me what you've got in your house. Your maidservant has nothing in the house. Nothing in the house. Empty, empty. The only thing is there's a jar of oil. Otherwise, I got nothing. So, here we go. Then he said, go borrow, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbor, neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all of those vessels. That's the oil that she already had. He makes it supernatural oil. And he set aside the full ones. So she went out from him, shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. She poured it out. Now it came to pass that when the vessels were all full, that he said to her, bring me another vessel. And she said, there's not another one. No more. They finished now. So the oil ceased. Then he came to her and he told the man, 
the man of God said to her, Now, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your shell, your sons, shall live on the rest. And they did. What have you got there? Oh, no, you know, I've just got a, I've just got a jar of oil. That's it. That's it. Nothing. So the prophet says, now, bring that nothing that you have except that one jar. And then go and borrow. Fill up all the jars that you can get hold of. Then take that oil and begin to pour it out. You'll find that it's an everlasting, sustaining stream. It just goes on. God does not ask you what you haven't got. He's looking for something in your life that you, as true as I stand before the Lord, have in your life. Don't ever let people place value on you to make you feel inferior, to make you feel insufficient, to labor you as mediocre. Not so. On your knees, my friend, and tell God what you've got and ask Him to help you, to sustain you. But under all circumstances, it's like a vow I made to God. I obey God. What this book says, I do what this book says. And whatever this book rejects, I don't even argue about. I don't even talk. I came to a man and he said these words to me. I don't know what it was, but he said, you know, he was not quite in agreement with me, but he doesn't really know me. And so he, he quoted the scripture and he said these words. He said, you know what? Like kind of, you know, just trying to strike me with a word. And he said, well, you know what? My people perish through a lack of knowledge. Well, he triggered me there, right there. I said, yes. Hosea 4 verse 6. And what about Isaiah 5 verse 13? My people have gone into bondage, captivity, into chains because of a lack of knowledge. And what about another scripture that says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What about another scripture that says, the just shall live by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I could quote and quote and keep on quoting. And he never answered me after that. It's just like that. You quote me one verse, I quote you three back. If that's not good enough, I'll quote more. I just go on from there. The fact of the matter is that when you do not have the knowledge of the word and you do not have the fear of the Lord, you see knowledge of, uh, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Lord is understanding. Understanding in Hebrew means intelligence. Okay, so, so the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, is the beginning of, is, the, is understanding. Wisdom, understanding, Applying what you understand correctly is wisdom. That's skill. Greek Sophia, which means skillful application of things, skillful decision making. So if a person comes to you and says, well, you know what, there's that and the other, another thing. Well, if you say to me, you know your Bible, try me. But then after that, I'm going to try you. And then we're going to have a long talk because you've got to get ready to sit down and I'll teach you a little bit. But now he says, is it not another vessel? She says, no. So then the well ceased. Miracle done. What did God do? God used what she had with her. My dear friend, 
you have much to your availability. If not anything at all, you have talents God gave you. If not anything at all, there's wisdom to pray about those things. If not anything at all, you have something that God wants to multiply through your life. Did you ever think about that? Do not fear. Heavenly Father, I have said it. Now I pray it. Do not fear. I can continue. In fact, I have to continue because the Elijah factor becomes extremely, extremely powerful as we enter into this end time period that is upon the planet. The beginning of the birth pangs, as the Bible code says, has begun. And so we are living in that time that's a perilous time. But every child of God has something God wants to work with, will multiply and will bless. They will multiply. They will increase and keep on multiplying until they have all their needs met because you're faithful to your word. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to go. I really don't want to go. I want to carry on now because I've got quite a bit more. But okay, it's fine. My time, I understand, is up. And so the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you. The Lord grant you favor, grant you wisdom, grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, grant you a true understanding of just the fear of the Lord and take away all fears and, and doubts out of your life. And so only fear God and acknowledge him in all of your ways. Sort out every problem on your knees and look to God how he can work with what you've got. I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All of God's people said, Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.